We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 90% of coffee from the grocery store is actually stale. You heard that right. The coffee you know and think you love needs an upgrade. Instead of rebuying the same old, same old, let Trade Coffee send you something freshly roasted that you're literally guaranteed to love. Freshly roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. They ship free to you as often as you like, whole or ground. And for listeners, right now, Trade Coffee is offering a total of $20 off your first three bags when you go to drinktrade.com slash KCSN. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. To get started, take their quiz at drinktrade.com slash KCSN and start your journey to your perfect cup. That's drinktrade.com slash KCSN for $20 off your first three bags. KC Laboratory, sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. When was the last time you went into a bank? Now more than ever, who you're doing business with is more important than where they're located. Emprise Bank is a trusted business partner that can serve anyone, anywhere. They served the KCSN draft guide. And it was, I, I haven't got to be on this show since the draft guide launched, but I checked my mail today. I got a handwritten letter from Emprise Bank and a bunch of people, wonderful people over there, uh, just congratulating the launch. And so they, I'm just telling you, they're they're wonderful people. Shout out my guy the David best. Bates for helping with that. Yeah, they're they're incredible, man. Like this was it, it warmed my heart. It was just it felt good. So uh, shout out to them, our partner, Impossible Emprise Bank member, FDIC. It's been such an honor to be working with them. And I am honored to be back with these two dorks. First, find them on Twitter at Maddie underscore KCSN. Hang on. We're revolting. This I don't like this. Happening. <laughs> okay, so Craig, we'll just want to run this back like it's last week. We don't, We can just not throw it to him. And we can yeah. just pretend he's not the here. The entire not podcast. You can feed. We'll just go with us two. Um. <laughs> It, it's kind of nice to have you back, Kent. Uh, we were having good conversations last week. Things flowed perfectly swell for 58 and a half minutes both times. So, you know, we're doing good. But, yeah, thanks for coming back, buddy. Craig, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. I was doing a lot better before Kent introed us. My goodness. I, <laughs> man, we are this close to the NFL draft, fellas. We are but so close. It feels, it feels like so far away. Close. I know. It, it feels forever away. But realistically... We're just a couple of weeks away. 
ready to see if the Chiefs trade away all of these assets for veteran players in the next two weeks? Or I, I, can I be honest? Can I? I'm yeah. nervous. Like every day, I'm nervous. I'm like, what draft capital is Veach going to trade away today? Like, what is going to happen? How many? Okay, like, are we going to even have a first when it's all said and done? Or rogue hypothetical that I have not brought by your guys' attention a single time yet, and this would go entirely against Steve Spagnolo. But what would you give up for Brian Burns? So what would I give up for Brian? Bur- yeah, a one, let's say, let's say the Panthers are sitting there and they're saying, hey, his contract's about to come up. We don't know if we're going to want to pay him what he's going to ask while we try to find a quarterback or Matt Rule does whatever Matt Rule does, and he becomes available. <laughs> what are you giving up for Brian Burns? A one. Easy. That's it? Uh, Just you uh, think 29? I mean, I'm going to start with pick 29, mm-hmm. and we'll see what happens from there. No, pick 30. We get to keep pick 29. Thank you. <laughs> I think I think twenty nine is the answer, just because I don't think I, he's got what two years left on his deal, one year left on his mm-hmm. deal, and then the the fifth year option. So you really you're paying for two years of uh, of cost control by uh, Brian Burns, and next year it'd be like sixteen million dollars. I just looked it up. Yeah, twenty nine. Yeah. But I I mean I don't, it's there's I mean we all know there's no chance of that happening. He's just he's too. Well, how do you feel about football. doing that, Kent? Because you've been very loud about hating the idea of trading away picks for. Hmm veteran players so pride burns comes available the chiefs offer up pick 30 and the later fourth round pick to get him and they make that brian burns yeah brian you've been very vocal about hating trading for veteran players still so i'm just curious yes i understand and like you're you're absolutely right i know i am burns is brian (laughs) that's why you're a dork brian burns Turns 24 in a couple weeks. Oh, of course this is going to be an age thing. I should have known that he was going to bring age. He's younger than Boy Mafe, by the way. He's going to lob that out to the sunset. He's he's the same age as some of these guys out here in this class. And he's good. He's shown it at the NFL level, which is why Spagnolo may look the other way. We've seen him look the other way (laughs) for guys that have proven it in this level. And yeah, he doesn't fit all of the Spag's thresholds, but man. Go get me that guy. He's got juice. Like what if he, what he if this a is difference. a Veach? What if this is a Veach move? We know Veach. We've heard stories in the past about Veach just throwing it out on the table when he was with Philly for Fletcher Cox, LaShawn McCoy, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs. You know, you probably don't hear about the ones that he's missed. So I'm sure there's been other guys that haven't turned out as good that the same things happen. But when Veach wants a guy in different places he's been, he's kind of made it happen. So what if this is just one of those things where that was his guy? They had no chance to get him. Now they do just the reason I bring it up is the Panthers guy would did an interview for the Panthers kind of website, just the main carolinapanthers.com kind of website. And all of a sudden, Brian Burns' name was just brought up out of the blue about a guy that they got to start thinking about his contract and mm-hmm. what they want to pay him. Of course, they would like to. They want him to come back. But it just the way it was brought up was completely out of nowhere, not provoked, like not nobody hinted at bringing it up. And all of a sudden, Brian Burns' name started coming out of this guy's mouth and along with a defensive end position. It's just it was either a smokescreen about them wanting to draft a quarterback, which is entirely plausible, or Brian Burns, you know, maybe just maybe there was something there. That's just the only thing that made me think about it. I mean, the, I mean, the he, team he's would be got... massively better <laughs> defensively. They, they could really get after the passer with that group of guys. So I would be ecstatic with that, especially if you're just giving up one first. Because then all of a sudden, my desire to actually, you know, move up draft a defensive end like he's one of those blue chipper defensive ends that you would be for you know be packaging you know 29 and 50 to move up for a guy in the teens instead you're just giving up 
30 because I'm not giving up 29. You're giving up 30 and you're able to get a blue chip pass rusher. It's still on his rookie deal. So yes, please. He'd be the exception by weight. I mean, like his weight would be the exception because I believe he has the mm-hmm. arm length and the height and all that stuff. It's the weight. And I think he's playing like supposedly around like 250-ish. I just remember pre-draft process, it was like 230, was, 225. Was Everyone was worried about if he was going to be able to put on weight. I think we even had that conversation. Can this guy hold weight? Can this guy maintain weight to be kind of appealing to a guy like C. Spagnolo? And I mean, you know, he, he can't. I don't know. I don't really know what he plays at anymore. If he's kind of filled out enough to where it's like a real level of you know high weight maintenance, but I wouldn't he say has he's a these... good run defender. I would. I would. No. I would not go out on a limb and say that he's a high end <laughs> or even a quality run defender. So like, it would be an interesting. Okay, one. I'll be very clear. This is a random hypothetical. I don't want anyone's hopes <laughs> getting up. We were just on the topic. I figured I would drop it on these guys out of nowhere, and it was a fun player to talk about. And then I wanted to press Kent about his hatred for trading for good players. Uh, 24 years old. He's not even 24 years old yet. And he's at the exact same number of no sacks aren't everything. He's got the same number of sacks as Chris Jones over the last three years. So just an interesting same number of playoff sacks too. Probably. Well, yeah, because, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's depressing. 25 and a half sacks though, for, uh, Brian Burns in his very, uh, very good kind of quiet. So I think, I don't think he gets enough love. I, we loved him in the KCSN draft guide, which released on Wednesday, by the way. If you're watching this, you like what we're doing. If you like the draft, if you're listening, you can go click on the link down in the description to purchase the KCSN draft guide, which has released. It's my first episode of the lab back with these guys since that happened. So that was really cool. Uh, I, uh, thank you guys for all the support. And uh, it means a lot. It really does. You have no clue how much it means. And, and thank you for all of your support. So, um, Okay. Let's uh let's go into we're gonna talk some more cliffs again, right? I think you guys started doing this. I listened uh back to the show, by the way, and it was extremely good. Uh for you know, I, okay. Yeah. Well, hang on. You obviously didn't listen all the way through for all the slander that we put at the end. So I'm 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 glad you listened though, buddy. And why are you so surprised you, that it so, was good? Me, <laughs> <laughs> so me calling you a dork was warranted. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. I yeah maybe I need to listen closer. I was driving I was driving home, uh, from the airport and I listened the whole way because KCI is fifty five thousand miles away from my house. But uh, yeah, let's talk about let's talk a little bit about some cliffs again. Uh, I think we're gonna talk about the wide receiver position a little bit today. I think you guys have been talking a lot. Of, you know, we've been talking a lot about receiver. You guys talked a lot last week. Here's the thing: wide receiver is crucial to the to story of the Kansas City Chiefs offseason. Now, Tyreek Hill's on the way out. They get a load of draft capital for him. Now the Chiefs are looking to solve the problem. So it's warranted that we spend some time because all the questions we get are about wide receiver anyway. So um, deep wide receiver class, very interesting wide receiver class. Maddie, what do you think? So when you start looking kind of like, oh, okay, let's not go into the cliffs yet, I guess. Wide receiver class as a whole. There's some good talent at big wide receiver. Like I think that's something that was missing from the last couple drafts. You know, besides yeah. Jamar Chase, you haven't had, and he wasn't even, you know, massive he was just very thick he's not built. drake london yeah. yeah you have a fair amount of really big wide receivers in this class and they kind of come in all sorts of different styles but i think that's the first thing that stands out to me is just like 
I don't know if the wide receiver class as a whole is as good as you've got in the past two to three years. It's talented. I don't know if it's as good as the last couple, but I do think you have a certain type. Anybody looking for a big contested catch, kind of a like alpha strong wide receiver. There's some guys in this class that probably are really going to appeal to you. So like, that's the first thing that jumps out about me about the wide receiver class as a whole. Is there anything that jumps out to you, Greg? It's, it's fully physicality. Um, with teams shifting to more lighter personnel, 11 personnel and stuff like that, we've seen the way that the Rams have utilized just incredibly good blocking wide receivers in their run game against light boxes. This is a draft full of guys like that. I think we're going to see a lot of guys that are, come from the McVay tree or are trying to build some of the stuff that's off of the McVay tree, targeting a lot of these guys in the draft this year. So yeah, it's just it's pure physicality coming out of this group and it's something that fits with the Chiefs as well. So that's that's a nice kind of sync up that has happened with the draft this year. I don't know if there's like a middle. It's either you are a smaller slider receiver or you're a giant. Like there's not like you know you say build your build your receiver room like a like a basketball team. There's not a ton of small forwards. There's a lot of smaller there's smaller combo guards and bigs because you look you you're talking about yeah we've got all these big physical dudes these massive huge, like huge you're absolutely right and really quality athletic profiles too but then the flip side of that you know the Jameson Williams is the Chris Olaves the John Mechie's oh Mechie's a little bit bigger Sky more they're not like these massive dudes either like and some of these are in the 170s and 180s that I'm talking about here so it's like the 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 polarization of this group with both sides of it, it's just you've got some really small slider guys, but then you've got these absolute giants. And there's really no kind of great in-between there, I don't think. And so like I think that's kind of interesting too. There's like especially I mean, you you if you 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 could probably you if you were gonna go look at like the top 10 or 15 of the KCSN draft guide, you're gonna you're gonna really put both of those in one of those boxes. And and I think that's really interesting about this class too. Yeah, I mean, this is the hardest part. So just even going to wide receiver needs for a team and like when you start doing something like the draft guide or talking prospects, it's hard from the outside because wide receiver is such a scheme specific and then also like your position with inside the position specific thing. What I mean by that is a team looking for an X wide receiver isn't really going to care as much about a Sky Moore, a Jahan Dotson, a Jamison Williams because they're not going to be able to do what they're asking to do. So there's a chance that despite the fact that those guys are really good wide receivers, if you're looking for an X wide receiver to play on the line of scrimmage, be a contested catch, work over the middle of the field, beat press coverage guy, those guys don't factor in whatsoever. So like that doesn't necessarily make it a weaker wide receiver room or group. It just makes it hard to judge. It's like that's the first issue you kind of have to approach when you look and you start stacking up a receiver is you got to start putting them into buckets and – I usually use, you know, I have like your X receivers, you have your deep threats, your guys that play in the slot, and then a couple guys that do a little bit of everything, or usually they're just kind of their slot and Z guy together. But here's the question I really wanted to pose to you guys. How many receivers in this class do you think by year two, not even just say year one, but by, you know, the end of next year are going to be a true number one wide receiver or a kind of high, high end number two wide receiver? Like, Adam Thielen or better by the end of next year, the mm. current rendition roughly of Adam Thielen to where there are really high end number two. How many receivers in this draft class do you think are on that trajectory by the end of 2023? By the Ooh. end of 2023, uh, six or seven. I, I, I know. And I feel like I'm high there, but I, I mean, looking over the list here, like 
Pickens, London, Williams, Olave, like Burks, you know, that's that's five Wilson, Garrett Wilson. Like you only gotta add another guy that fits in there, you know, whether or not, you know, that's Mechie or you know, Sky Moore, Christian Watson, like there's a lot of guys like that that could fringely make that transition a little bit quicker by the end of year two. So like I feel pretty confident saying six or seven is is kind of the in the sweet spot there. I I think so. I think that's fair. And like we talked about the bigger names, but like there's still some talented guys that could wind up being that dude in a certain situation. And situation matters. Like I think that's the thing is like you look at all these receivers, like some of these guys are probably going to disappoint because they go to the wrong team. And like I know that's an easy cop out, but I think sometimes that really does matter. Like I think George Pickens, if he has a better quarterback this year, for example, we're probably talking about him a little bit differently across the board here. But uh, I think situation matters for some of these guys. I think, you know, like you could see, you know, if, if, uh, if Kyle Phillips gets on one of these great teams and he's a guy that's operating, I mean, would it stun you if this guy's an uber productive, you know, kind of slot superstar? I, no. I wouldn't be stunned. I mean, I'm not going to go Mc- out and bet, a, bet on it, but in a McVay offense, he used to be lead blocking for UCLA. Like, I mean, they're going to use him in so many creative ways, it, you know, as a run blocker, as a pass catcher. Like, I, and he's perfectly capable. So, yeah, I could see him being extremely successful in an offense like that. Yes. So, I'm going to take the opposite stance. I think you guys are both kind of high here. Um, Ooh. I mean, Adam Thielen last year had. At 900 yards and four two years ago, 900 yards and 14 touchdowns. Followed that up with 700 yards and 10 touchdowns. So that's a that's a pretty high bar to clear for seven guys by year two. That hasn't happened the past three years. Like think about how many good receivers have come in. That hasn't happened, and now all of a sudden we're kind of setting you know our estimate or like our predictions for this year to come in that high. And I don't really don't think this class is as good as the last couple ones. So. So for you guys, like it looks like you're looking at about like a six, seven, eight is the first cliff for receiver. So you guys are kind of thinking that Pickens, London, Williams, Olave, you know, for the KCS and Jeff guide, you got Mechie and Burks in there. And then maybe a sky more like that's, that's a group that goes up at the top because you think those guys might develop quickly into this kind of top tier guy. And for me, I think it's a lot lower of a group. Like I think I'm looking at four or five guys that I think are going to come out by the end of next year and be that good. And I think that leans into my concern is that there won't be a receiver of that caliber there for the chiefs to pick like that. That's where I'm coming from. It's like, it's just go ahead. My only counterpoint to all this is yeah, I get what you're saying, but I just got done saying situation matters. And (laughs) if one of these guys winds up in Kansas city, he's in the best situation in the world. Uh, I think, you know, there's, is he without Tyree kill? Is he having to deal with being, you know, one of the number, like one of the focuses of the opposed. That's why I'm saying it because you're now not going from being, isolated one-on-one on the backside of a route because three guys are paying attention to Tyree kill. You now have equal op- you know, equal attention paid to you as Juju Smith Schuster and MVS. Like, what does that now look like? Do you think that one of these guys within year two could have 700 yards and three touchdowns in the chiefs offense? Yes. Do, do we think that that's a reasonable thing to expect there? Yeah. Well, that's 100%. basically what McCall Hardman did this past year so i mean with tyree kill gone spreading it around a little bit more travis kelsey still getting his volume targets uh, patrick mahomes they're not going to be force feeding tyree kill anymore they're going to be spreading some of the love around a little bit so i think that it is reasonable to expect 
in that seven to 800 yard range for a lot of these guys. Now, of those guys you lifted, there is listed, speaking of cliffs, you know, since that's what we're talking about here, I think there's a very clear like four near the top of this four, maybe five here. Uh, Drake London, Jameson Williams, Chris Olave, and you're talking, you know, Garrett Wilson. Those are probably the first four wide receivers off the board right there. I think fairly comfortably we can say that. I know we're not as high on Garrett Wilson in the Casey draft guide, but he's going to go that that level of high. Then after that, we're talking about, you know, George Pickens, Traylon Burks, Christian Watson, Sky Moore, guys like that, that I think are a tier down from the rest of those guys, at least in the NFL's mind. And it may be that those top four guys are the four, Matty, to your point. Those are the four guys that you could reasonably expect to be in the Thielen range, for lack of a better term. So I don't necessarily disagree. I can just see paths to success for those guys. Like Kent was saying, paths of success to get to that seven, 800 range, five to you know eight touchdowns by year two, if it's in one of the offenses that are in the back half of the round, like Pickens in green Bay, I could easily see him getting to that sort of thing by the end of year two. So I, I don't know. I, I, I can, I see both sides. I'm going to sit on the fence here, firmly on the fence. So <clears throat> another question for you, cause I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking here and I kind of want to equate this draft class to maybe the 2020 class a little bit. So, Ruggs, Judy, Lamb, Jalen Rager, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, LaVisca Chenault, K.J. Hamler, Chase Claypool. Like, that's the order that these guys went in there, okay? So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'm talking about 11 guys that went in the first 49, first, first 50 picks. So, this is a pretty aggressive list of guys that I look at all these guys, and I think there was excitement energy around basically all of these guys that were just listed here. Like, there's a lot of optimism that some of these guys were going to pan out there's belief that they could elevate themselves in the right situation to one of the best receivers uh, or very a very good receiver i kind of feel my vibe about this class is very similar to some of these guys so you know i i could see a you know like i have some belief in like a christian watson and you know some of these type of guys and sky Moore, um you know, like an alex pierce like I have some belief that you know, I, Alex Pierce might be like the Jalen Hurd of this class. <laughs> uh, it was Jalen Hurd, no, or Gabriel Davis, someone like that. But and that might bite. That's not a bad example. But um, I just I think there's a I think there's a big group of guys that you could you can very clearly see the path to success that you're talking about with Thielen, given the right situation. So like I have a higher belief in one of these guys, like some of these guys painting out. Maybe six is ambitious to your point, Maddie. But at the same time, like if you tell me Sky Moore's the best receiver in this class in two years, I'm not going to be stunned. And I don't think let's bring really it full circle, though, using the yeah. 2020 draft. Where's George Pickens in that group of receivers you just watched as a prospect? Is he ahead of uh, Jerry Judy as a prospect? No. no. Is he ahead of Justin Jefferson? No. no. Had a CD lamb. Mm-mm. No. I, Henry I don't Ruggs know. I'd like to go back to I'd like to go look Henry at our draft Ruggs coming out of the that. time. No. Henry Ruggs, the, I mean, Henry Ruggs at the time was better than Jamison Williams is now. So yeah. you're not, your number one wide receiver most likely is competing to be wide receiver four or five that year. Now, of that group, how many of them are high-end wide receiver twos right now? What? Well, I mean, Je- Je- Justin Jefferson, yeah. C.D. Lamb, 
I mean, uh, you can Judy, yeah, man. T. Higgins, Judy, Judy. Judy T. Higgins. Well, we just hit four, yeah. right? But we hit four. Michael is Pittman. She, is he a high end number two? Mm, He's no. I, I would look at <laughs> look at his look at what he did this year with Darnell Mooney. <laughs> but now, okay, but now we're getting to the point where we're looking at guys I that know. are putting we up are. stat. Michael no, Pittman we're putting was up an eleven hundred yard receiver. We're putting up production based on getting ridiculous amounts of opportunity and not Correct. being that good of a player. But still, we're talking about four to five guys in a better wide receiver class. That's just why I thought that we were a little high with six to seven. A better wide receiver class, and that includes, I mean, it did include Henry Ruggs' unfortunate off-field things that takes him out of it. It's just, so to me, and how this gets into Cliffs, if I'm looking at it, I now my personal top four wide receivers might not be exactly aligned with kind of what the consensus is, but if I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, I, these are the guys that I think are going to make a difference by the end of 2023 Pickens, London, Jamison Williams. And I, I, I would have Chris Olave. So like I'm following the KCS and draft guide perfectly. Like after those four, there's a pretty big drop off to me. And that includes, you know, Garrett Wilson, who will already be gone before the chiefs pick. Like that's the first cliff to me. I don't feel as comfortable with guys after that. So like that's just that's the first place where I see a gap is after those four guys. I would agree. Let me. I really would agree I, I want, with that. Yeah. I want to. I'm sorry, Craig. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I am just. I want to delve into that a little bit because we've had this conversation and we've all ping pong back and forth between should the Chiefs trade up for a wide receiver and should they not? And your level of comfort with acquiring one of these wide receivers is. I mean, you're probably not going to get one of these at 29. So we keep playing this ping pong game and literally like we are opposite sides all the time on where we stand on this is should the Chiefs trade up for wide receiver. I'm all the way off on the Chiefs trading up for wide receiver because I feel comfortable with that second tier of guy. But now we're sitting here and you're talking about a cliff after these four. Do you feel comfortable, Matthew? And I'll start with Craig because I cut Craig off and I feel like a jerk. Do you feel comfortable giving up and, and giving up with this cliff? And not and not getting one of these guys and making a move, an aggressive move to acquire one to live in the second tier of these receivers. Then, no, no, I'm I'm fine with I'm fine with staying put. Like I I'm fine with dealing in the second tier. Um, I think the opportunity matters, and I think the shift in the offense is occurring, and so I am willing to see that out. I am also willing to live in the second tier and circling back around to the position very soon. Like, I mean, you know, you can convince mm. me to take one in round one and in round three because the Chiefs need dudes and they don't have long-term commitments to anybody. So I am perfectly happy with taking two swings, you know, basically maybe let's call it tier two and tier three in the wide receiver class rather than trading up for one of the four tier one guys with Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So for me, I don't want to trade up for a wide receiver unless it's specifically to jump pick what what are the Packers 28 unless it's just no no their second pick uh, their first one they can have whatever their next pick is if they don't go wide receiver there's one sitting there with their I think it's 28 I could be or it could be 27 I forget which but whatever it is I'm okay with jumping that pick if there is one receiver from this group we just talked about the Pickens London Jamison Williams Olave group or if you have a significant difference on your guys of this group Traylon Burks, Sky Moore, Garrett Wilson. Those are the next three. Those three are in another group by themselves. I see, like we were talking about, I do see the path for those guys to be a number one wide receiver quickly in the NFL. I don't know if I expect it, but I can see the path in the right situation where it works and becomes pretty quickly. So if you're jumping just that 28th pick or whatever the Packers have to get one of them, one of these seven names, then cool. Then I'm okay with it. I'm not okay with trading up though any farther than that. And especially if it's for one of the names I haven't mentioned yet, but like I have a very clear second tier of wide receivers and it's those three players. And then I think there's a pretty significant drop-off that I wouldn't want anybody else until at least pick 50, if not 62 at wide receiver. Yeah, I'm with that. And I'm fine with that. I mean, I'm fine with, with what it just, I don't want to forego future assets in a class that is deep, you know, especially, and I I can agree with that. First four guys are gone. Just stay put, take a guy, let the rest of the board fall to you because there are, I feel pretty comfortable saying that day two of the wide receiver group is very strong. Like I like a lot of the day two guys. So, I mean, we can move off of the day one cliff and on to the day two guys. I like a lot of the day two guys. I, I am very intrigued by a number of options, number of styles, a number of different guys. So I'm fine with missing on the upper tier using that because if the upper tier is gone, that means that you're probably getting a very good player at another position that you can definitely still invest in if you are the Chiefs and circling mm-hmm. back around and adding two guys in day two in a group that I feel is pretty deep. And I think that that's kind of the sweet spot of it because it's kind of pick your pick your flavor at that point and add multiple guys and be able to get quality play out of multiple guys. And you can kind of play, you can play both sides of the coin there too. You can get, maybe you get a Sky more at, you know, you get a guy, a Sky more in the second round at 50, he falls to you at 50. And then maybe you go get a guy that kind of plays a little bit more true X type above the rim. You know that there's there's you know there's a there's something to be said there. You could probably get both st- you know you get both types of guys in this class and get a quality one for each kind of kind of flavor. So um, how big do you think that that group that second tier is, Maddie? Like how many guys are you looking at going? Okay, there's a big cliff after who? Oh, it's three. So we talked about Pickens, London, Williams, Olave at the top. 
I have three guys next. It's Traylon Burks, Sky Moore, Garrett Wilson. Like that's that's my second tier. And I think, like I said, I think there's a pretty big, after that group, I think you get into a lot of role players. I think all the receivers after that, especially in, I mean, through the majority of their first contract, at least the first half of it, are going to be very role-specific players. And the Chiefs have those guys. Not saying they're not useful, but the Chiefs already have. That's what the Chiefs wide receiver room is currently. I think if the goal is for the Chiefs to be better on offense, they need a guy that becomes the go-to guy. They need a guy that you feel like is going to be that dude after that first, what I would say, seven receivers now. I don't know if there's any of those dudes. Like, that's that's my concern if you're going to wait for the Chiefs. I get, you know, oh, maybe you can snag Jahan Dotson at pick 50 and then pair him with some size of David Bell later in day two. Like, it makes a lot of sense but I'm also afraid you're still just getting two more kind of one trick ponies to fit into the offense without having a guy that's your go-to guy to help funnel your passing attack through. I mean, the go-to guy in this instance would be Travis Kelsey. I it's mean, like be, it, yeah. it's always going to be, but you know, yeah, I, I do agree that they need another, they've had two, they've had Tyreek and they've had Kelsey. And again, like we said, when he was traded, you are immeasurably worse. Like it doesn't, Unless you can get like this this stud number one guy, you are immeasurably worse in the wide receiver room this year. Now, that being said, I'm taking some more chances on some guys. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not willing to forecast the entire draft to go up and get there because there are so many holes. So the the idea of a Dotson and a David Bell, very intriguing to me because I think David Bell's stock could not be lower than it is right now. And he, I think, is a quality functional like he might get on the field before Dotson for Andy Reid just because he's that smart of a guy and understands route concepts and everything he's never going to take the top off of a defense ever 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 but he's going to be a solid player like I mean I think he, he's a guy that plays significant snaps early and then you can bring Dotson along or you can bring a Christian Watson along or you can bring a guy like this that's got a little more projection to them now you're gambling and we've seen how the gambles have worked with this team, specifically in the second round over the pat over the Veach era. Breland speaks. Breland speaks. You know, McCall Hardman. Willie Gay Jr. Uh, we've seen McCall Hardman, Juan Thornhill. Sometimes it works, but none of those guys with these crazy super high ceilings. Not talking about Breland. With these other guys with these crazy super high ceilings, they haven't hit them yet, and we are two or three years into a lot of their 10 years right now. Now they picked two guys last year that appear to be, you know, arguably their two best second round picks, not guys that we would look at and say, Oh, incredibly high ceiling or anything like that, or, you know, positional value, whatever. But those other guys that they drafted that they took those big swings on, they haven't formulated the way that you would hope. So give yourself that floor with a David Bell or something like that. Give yourself that ability. If you miss out on that, I think we all get into this, habit where it's like oh just take the athletic guy you'll teach him hasn't worked out as well as we'd hoped so far for the chiefs well speaking of athletic guy how close was christian watson in this cliff for you because i feel like you could make a case the way the pre-draft process has gone for christian watson that he could be in this second tier i know you're pretty bullish on him but i mean is, is he even the next qb or next receiver off that list or for you maddie or is it like i man i I could feel pretty good about him in that second tier as that wide receiver eight ish. 
I think that there is a very good chance that he comes into the NFL and has a very specific role for his entire rookie contract and doesn't do much besides that. Um, I I don't think he plays very physical and he's got the size for it, but he gets out physical by a lower level of comp while being at the very clearly the most talented team at that level of comp. And he still gets bullied at times by guys much smaller than him. I think there is some significant work to do in his routes, which is expected. Like I don't, not getting overly critical about how someone's route running is going to be no matter where they come from, especially in FCS school. It's just, I could see there being a lot longer of a trajectory for him to become a wide receiver too than all those other guys. So he's definitely in that next tier down. Yeah. Him and Dotson are probably at the top of it, but he's definitely in that next tier down that third tier for me to where I just, I think they're going to be good, but role players, they are going to fulfill a specific, he's going to be like McCole Hardman, who's put up good stats, but it was a very clear, there was a very specific role that he's been filling for this entire rookie contract. Maybe he explodes this year at the end. It's just, I think Watson's going to be on that trajectory a little bit more. I think his hype's gotten a tad out of control because of the postseason circuit. And there's not a ton of film everybody can find on him. Because once you go back and start looking through a lot of it, like you get, okay, he looks like an FCS receiver a lot more than he did at the senior bowl. There's I moments mean, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I see people that are trying to compare him to Chase Claypool because of the obvious size and athletic standards, like looking at his RAS and looking at his size, they could not be more different players when the ball's in the air. Chase Claypool is an absolute hmm. bully. So like I, I've seen people try and make that comparison. Oh, use him as a box out contested catch guy. He He's not that. He's not that. And that's he's a Z. Claypool. He's a Z. Yeah, he's a Z. Yeah. Claypool has made his bones winning the ball in the air, catching those shot puts from Ben Roethlisberger. Like that's where he's made Literal. his bones. Literal shot puts. So just yeah, kill that one right now. <laughs> All right, so I got another question here because I'm looking where uh, old Christian Watson. I I consider him on the fringe. Whatever. Um, Mechie, maybe the top. Like this this next cliff though. So I want this is one I didn't want to know. We're gonna talk about that third cliff or that second cliff, I guess. Right? in between the second and third. Where does that draft start for them? Like, where does the draft start for the Mechies for the? Uh, Alec Pierce's of the world. I guess we're, we're classifying Jahan Dotson in that group. Kyle Phillips, David Bell. Like, are these guys all in that next? I mean, they're in that next tier for you, right, Maddie? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think now you get to a big group of guys that should be kind of you're looking at a day two, and mm -hmm. it all now it goes from okay, I'm looking for this general type of I'm looking for this receiver that can do these X things, plural. Now, and when you get to this point, you're looking for a guy that does this singular thing really well, and then you try to develop the rest. So that's where Watson's, Dotson's. I still love Wandale Robinson. I know people have come off of him a little bit because the athletic profile wasn't what they thought. Um, Alec Pierce, like there's a bunch of guys in this next group. And I think these are guys that you're looking at the rest of day two that are all going to be really good at one specific thing. If you ask them to do it, one team might value them at pick 50. One team might value them on day three. It all mm -hmm. depends on what that one specific thing they do really well are. So at this range, I do start to lean towards the guys that I think do one specific thing. Great. Kyle Phillips ability to separate from the slot. Um, Jahan Dotson. That seems like a good next. trait to have. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, you yeah. Know. Alec I think Kyle Phillips vertically. is going to be the guy that we just think like I, Kyle Phillips is the guy the guy who goes 
12th of 15th in receivers and he winds up having a phenomenal career in the right situation so yeah i mean that's the range we're looking at you're looking at a range of day two where these guys look for one specific thing so like that's the next group for me i don't know where it is for you guys but like it's a much larger group because i can go i mean i can go down so what are we looking at here about wide receiver i think about wide receiver 20 total so like we went from wide receiver seven to now about a wide receiver 20 where i think i can pick out all of these guys roughly in the kcs and draft guide one way that i think they could win early on it's like it's a big group yeah and that's and that's kind of what i was referring to about the guys in day two that that big bulk like that's the bulk of it go get alec pierce and couple him with kyle phillips go get you know you know a couple different types guys that are going to win one way guys that aren't maybe going to have the same high ceiling as some of these other guys, but improve the floor of your wide receiver room significantly and try and lean on Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling to handle more of that role. Again, you're worse on offense than you were without Tyree Kill, but you've got more young bodies. You've got cap savings from doing that. Make Make the moving on from Tyreek Hill count with multiple players rather than, you know, trying to put all your eggs into one basket unless, you know, again, one of those top guys, you know, falls off. But this is the group that I want to play in if I get to play in the wide receiver group. Well, here's something interesting. Wide receiver 20 taken in that 2020 draft class that we were talking about, this big receiver 165 or uh, is pick 165 receiver 20 went 165th in that loaded wide receiver class that we're talking about. And I find that very interesting to me. Like you're, you're saying like, there might be value to catch at one, uh, one twenty or the choose pick, or there, I mean, there might be some of these value. There might be value to catch down there at the receiver spot. If you, I, I don't know if I feel comfortable about the cheese waiting that long to go grab a receiver. Like I'll be disappointed if they just wind up, waiting to catch you know khalil shakir at 121 or something crazy like that but i'll be i'll be are you not okay are you okay if you, are you okay if the only receiver the cheese take is khalil shakir craig no not the only no no okay. no 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 if, you, if you're playing I'm in that asking. you get to get to you, you've got to get that's what i'm saying you you can't start your receiver group with that but you can try to catch value on four and like i think that's what's going to be interesting to your point you're talking about this big giant group of guys there's they might be available with their last pick in round four. And like, I, you're right. If they, if they, if they maintain, like maybe that's the difference here, instead of trading it for one of these wide receiver ones, maybe you're grabbing a tier two wide receiver. Uh, that's that, that first, after that first cliff and you're going and grabbing Traylon Burks. And then maybe you're going and grabbing Khalil Shakir instead of trading up for one of Olave Williams, London, one of those kind of guys, because that's a guy that could fall to 121. 121 is probably what it takes to trade up above the Packers at 28. In fact, it is. I was kind of looking at the math. Like that's probably what it's going to take. It'll get you to 25 with Buffalo. So there's I mean, I think your, that's there's your the strategy. Best. Yeah, that's definitely the best route. Uh, I think the can, the question I have though is, what if it's not the tier two of guys that they, you know? And like, I don't want to keep making everybody work off of my tiers here. But what if it no, it's is? Fine. Jahan Dotson. What if that's the best you can get at pick 50? It's Jahan Dotson. Are you and then you come out with whatever other day two receiver you want to pick? Are you still happy with that? Or is it more of just I can make it work? And is can I make it work good enough for what this team is right now? Like what at what point is do the Chiefs not get enough wide receiver output from the output from this draft class to you? Like what does that pairing look like? 
I mean, at that point, like with a Dotson, like I, I'm not the biggest Dotson fan. So like that's that that's a tougher pill to swallow for me, just because you know the of the type of receiver that he is. But I mean, I I think roughly playing tier two, tier three, I can get on board with uh, two tier threes. It depends on the player, and I could maybe get on board with it. Obviously, a tier one, I get on board with it. But like, right. I, I think generally, tier two, tier three, I, I'm I'm in with. I think that that makes the team better, you know, more so in the future here. Like, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out. It's like a like a Kyle Phillips and an Eric Ezekanma. Like, oh, yeah, how like, do we feel? Not how do we feel about that? Yeah, no, not good at all. Uh, and I like I mean, both like, those players too. Like, I like both of them too. Yeah. Now I think there's a little bit of crossover in like where they win, not where they align, but like how they're going to win. Um, right. so like there's that issue, but no, I don't think that Kyle Phillips is probably the first of those two. I don't feel like he is good enough to make me feel good. Like you just, it was essentially like that was the that was the cliff talk for me. Is once you, yeah. make, the Chiefs need someone before tier three, and if it is the tier three guy, at least make it Watson or Dotson at the very top of that group because I do think they have the upside to break through before some of the others. Like it's worth. It's a more worthwhile swing, but I I would feel I would be very upset. Not upset, but I would be nervous if we're assuming that Garrett Wilson goes early in the draft. If you get Bash, Traylon Burks, and Sky Moore, and like the only receivers you're left looking at are Watson and Dotson, I would be itching to almost overdraft them. And I don't love either one of them, but I think it's it's a little scary after that. Like if that's what you're relying on. So that's where I come from. Is I'm I can't let I, if I'm the Chiefs, if I'm Brett Veach. I can't let Sky Moore, Traylon Burks, you know, Garrett Wilson for me be off the board. Like they cannot get off the board without me taking one of them. Yeah. And I get it. I get it. Because then after that, you're you're drafting a guy like Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama in day two and hoping that he can be your ex. And you know, we like some of the traits of Jalen Tolbert. And I think Andy Reid might like some of the traits of Jalen Tolbert, but he's a long ways away from being able to step into an NFL role and be a guy you know be an x receiver at the nfl level so everybody that you're talking about there if you want a high upside guy if you want a guy that could be a number one it's going to be years and this team doesn't have years so yeah I, i'm i'm with maddie because yeah then at that point you're drafting singularly focused elemental guys at wide receiver at that point well and you know we talk about trade-ups all the time and we spend a lot of time talking about trade-ups in round one, like we spend a lot of time going, huh, let's see here. What could the Chiefs do? They could trade 29 and 30 and go all the way up for an edge. They could trade pick 50 and get into the middle round of the first, you know, or middle of the first round, all that stuff. But we were talking uh, in a, in a group chat yesterday and I was just like, maybe we aren't talking enough about the Chiefs trading up to like pick 40 to grab the bottom of that. Three and 50 gets you up to about 40. And like, I wonder if that's where, you know, maybe it's a trail on Burks or something has fallen there. Like that's the guy you go target at pick 40 and you still have 29 and 30 to go address, you know, edge corner, you kind of free those up and you can still go and grab one of those guys. I'm wondering, like we talk all the time about round one, maybe it's round two. We should be paying attention to for a potential trade up for this team. Yeah, I like that. I mean, from when I kind of start pulling around with mock drafts, I do think there is certainly, there almost always is a safety, a wide receiver, 
or a, a defensive lineman. It could be tackle or end that I feel like is worth trading up five, seven spots in round two from 50 up a little bit to make sure that you get them. So like, I do think yeah. that's a spot to keep your eyes on for the chiefs as they to jump up. Cause I do think the chiefs want to keep their two first round picks or the option to have them. So like, I think that if long as they don't trade for a player, they're going to have two ones. I wouldn't be shocked if they don't trade up in the first round, but to see them move up from 50 to get the last corner or defensive lineman or wide receiver left in a specific tier, I think it's a good spot. And I think once this draft hits 50, this isn't just a wide receiver thing. After pick 50, I think this draft's going to look a lot worse than it does before pick 50. It's not the strongest draft as is, but guys between pick or, you know, number seven and number 50 on your board are a lot closer than number 50 to 75 for me. Like, I think it starts to fall off pretty quick after pick 50. And that's where we've seen a lot of these wide receivers that have translated pretty quickly go in recent years. I mean, you think about T Higgins going very early in day two, Chase Claypool, LaVisca Chenault, a guy that, you know, maybe hasn't been the best dude in Jacksonville, but a guy that we would be excited about adding to the Chiefs, you know, wide receiver room. Lots of guys like that that could be impactful players and impactful additions to the wide receiver room, like our pals at McAdoodles, are going to be an impactful addition to the Kansas City liquor scene. You heard me talk about it. Elite customer service, elite selection, and terrific prices coming to Lee's Summit in summer of 2022 let's get more of them in kansas city and more impactful places to buy your liquor in the kansas city area or wherever get a hold of roger info at macadoodles.com but yeah that's that's where kind of the the upper you know middle tier of those contributors as maddie was talking about those wide receiver two pluses let's call them that you know those types of guys have kind of gone early in day two and it has behooved a lot of teams to be in that upper range there. I don't know if trading up for that sort of thing would be a, a really big benefit for the Chiefs. Maybe trading back a little bit with like pick 30. You know, maybe maybe the board didn't fall the way that you want. Or maybe there's a ton of guys you like on the board. Try and trade back a little bit and try and catch some guys and add some more capital to the 12 picks that you've got. Okay. Maybe I don't love that move, but you know, well, Hey, look, six, six, look, if you trade back, that gives you more flexibility to move up. Like you could go package. I mean, I know like you could, you could, you could, you could do a lot still. I mean, you, you still have ammo to go move around and maneuver the board a little bit. And like, I don't hate that idea either. So, you know, like, I think there's, there's, there's something to, to warrant. Like if the cheese trade out of one of those picks, you know what there's they're not gonna make 13 selections like they're just not like maddie's dream they'll trade all day three picks and just load up for like an extra (laughs) they'll load up for like an extra third round pick or something like that hey listen they get if they want to unload both fourth round picks and all the round sevens they can absolutely get another day two pick and we'll be we'll be cooking with fire here they could uh they could trade they could trade their two round fours and their four round sevens to get to like pick 85 like oh please why why are you guys taking brett veach's best day of the draft away from him what would you have against brett veach's best day of the draft (laughs) give him more picks on his uh day two um okay here's a question hypothetically for you you're sitting there at pick you know you do it doesn't matter who you pick at 29 but you're sitting there you're 29 pick 30 
you don't love any of your options, but you like a wide receiver and you like a corner or you like a wide receiver and you like a defensive lineman, which one are you going to take there to get the fifth year option and sh- secure? Say you w- like them equally. And which one are you going to let ride to the second round? Like which player would you rather have? I guess the fifth year option is all I'm trying to angle for here. This is a defensive end or a defensive lineman. Def- defensive end, defensive tackle, cornerback, wide receiver. Just which one do you want the fifth year option? Now, I mean, you got to keep in mind, you know, generally who's going to be available. Like if it's a defensive sure. end, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's probably Boy Mafe is the guy we're right. talking about. If it's a receiver, you know, Pickens is quite commonly available around here. So maybe it's him. Maybe it's Traylon Burks. Corner, Kyer Elam, defensive lineman, Travis Jones. Like if those are your options, like which fifth year option is the most appealing to you? It's it's the wide receiver, and I realized that I I ignored all of the defensive stuff, but it's the wide because that's where the depth is, Look, and, and and the end of the first round there, and it sucks. I think because I want my defense to be better, but <laughs> yeah, that's because defense doesn't matter. Uh, that's why that's really the answer. Uh, let's look at what's happening in the wide receiver market. Like, I think there's going right. to be a market correction too, but like that's the thing I'm keeping looking, I'm keeping an eye on here. It's like the wide receivers you can get at 29 and 30 have a good chance of being a guy worth getting good money in the future. Your edge boy, Mafe probably doesn't have the ceiling of a guy that is going to garner top edge money in four years, but George Pickens we'll call it George Pickens. He could, I'd rather have the fifth year option on a guy like him because I think the wide receiver hit rate, it's kind of, it's, it's a weird, weird market because the wide receiver market, my receivers are getting paid. The wide receiver market is accelerating at an alarming rate. Also, you're seeing a ton of second-round receivers that are about to be made too, like the A.J. Browns and the Debo Samuels of the world and the D.K. Metcalfs of the world. So it's like, is it a devalued position? No. Is there value to be had? Yes. Another thought. Sorry, I know I'm going all over the place, but I wonder if how crazy the wide receiver market is now affects how many wide receivers are taken earlier too. That's another. Well, that, yeah, I that's where I wanted well. to go next. It was like I mm. think you're going to start seeing this come from like the way where people justify taking a running back in round one is kind of like well you're just going to use them for those first five years and you're going to let them go because you're not going to be the one to pay them again. Is wide receiver going to start being seen the same way, especially as yeah. that money climbs? Like it's clearly a huge impact, but. What teams besides the Bills want to pay a wide receiver twenty, you know, six million dollars a year, no matter how good they are? Nobody does. Like right, like the team, the competing teams don't want to do that right now. So as long as it works out for the Chiefs, the Packers, teams that are doing this, what's you know, why are you not going to take them in round one to get that fifth year option to elongate the amount of control you have on them? Why might that not be a shift that you start to see? And to your point earlier, I think the NFL tried to do this weird correction where they're like, oh hey we're throwing the ball more now, but it's all about spacing and the spread. What if we don't value wide receivers in round one? What if we just get them in round two and let our quarterback and our schemes get them open? And it worked. But now all of a sudden, you're kind of starting to see that go back the other way now, though. I mean, Jamar Chase, really darn good round one. Justin Jefferson, really darn good round one. CD, you could pick out round two guys, obviously. Yeah. I just wonder if you're getting a recorrection from so many teams for a little stretch there after that Julio Jones big trade up saying like, wait, maybe this doesn't work. Even though, I mean, it clearly did. Julio's great. But like, it's just, I wonder where the correction is now. Are we still on day two wide receivers or day one wide receivers coming back in favor now as the successes keep piling up? I don't know. I mean, if, you know, eight wide receivers want to go off the board before pick 29 and a defensive end or something like that wants to just land. Oh, in the that's Chiefs George's lap, I mean, music. 
I'm not going to be mad. Oh, buddy. I'm not going to be mad at that. I'm really not going to be mad at that. So, like, I'm, I'm fine with either one of these theories. Either ignore them completely or just take all of them before it gets to the Chiefs pick. One or the other. And uh, that's going to do it for the Casey Laboratory. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to my dear, lovely friends here for joining us. Dorks. We'll catch you later. Make sure to call us dorks. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.